coming to you from the heart of the Northwest, where even Bigfoot is gay. You heard it here first. It's the Queer Centric with your host, Queerly Johnny. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another fun episode of the Queer Centric. You know it's your favorite host, Johnny. Super excited to be here today. Now, before we get into what this show is going to be all about, I want to remind everyone that I hope you've been watching The 12 Gays of Christmas. We released it on the first. By the time this is out, you would have already seen the first uh, pictures of the photo shoot. I know everybody's been very uh, excited. It was a lot of fun to shoot this year, um, and we're very excited to share it with all of you. Um, so be sure to go in there, check out the website, uh, courtcentric.com, to go see the craziness that we've created for you. There are 12 official cards for the 12 Gays of Christmas. But, of course, we go through Christmas with extra, uh, extra photos that the producer extraordinaire, Kirk, has been working very hard on since the photo shoot. And it's funny because the other day I had, we were doing the other show that we do, Mindful Mondays with the Counselor, and she was uh, telling me that she didn't know why, if I was being all body positivity, why I wanted things touched up before they were released. And we'll talk a little bit about what media is like uh, with our guests today. Also remember, it is a beautiful season uh, to do a lot of amazing things downtown in Spokane. So please don't ever think there's nothing to do. Go invest in our downtown area. Go have fun at the theater, at ice skating, at all of the great events. Uh, it's a very exciting time for all of us. And then just a final announcement. This is exciting because we're taking a hiatus from the show for probably about a month and a half. I will still be out and about showing my face everywhere, but this show is taking a brief break. So I'm actually kind of excited because I think our guest today is the perfect way to do a, a hiatus because we end on a high note uh, for the moment. And I have to say, I love this next guest because I've been a true fan because I stumbled across him on Instagram. We will make sure everybody knows how to find him. He is positivity in embodied. He is uh, genuine, and he lives his life out loud, and he also has a really good sense of humor. And bonus, there, I love me a, a gay weatherman, and he is a gay weatherman that you can catch in Portland, Oregon, on KOIN Channel 6 News. Uh, but for now, he's joining us on The Queer Centric. We want to talk about so many things, but visibility and why it's important. We want to talk about being an, an out and proud advocate for the queer community. And I also want him to teach me what sort of ritual I can do to get rid of the snow and ice that has joined me in Spokane today, and I'm not happy about it. But without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Josh Kozart. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I'm really excited to, to chat with you today. This is fun. I have to say... Are, are you used to, I feel like you're a new form of weatherman. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. And, and that sometimes comes with backlash from the older <laughs> weathermen. But yeah, I, I, I kind of see myself as uh, very quirky and out there and giving the weather in a totally different way than what's traditionally seen on TV. I would think that a news channel would love that energy because. I have to say, it gives you a reason to want to know more about that, the weather there. And I cannot say that I envy that your schedule must be crap. I'm just going <laughs> to 
<laughs> well, I have to say, I have the uh, unicorn schedule, is what we call it in the news business. Yeah. I work from nine to five on most days, nice. and that that's unheard of. Yeah. I was assuming it was like two in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes it is. If somebody calls out sick, I'll get a quick call at like five o'clock in the evening, and they're like, can you wake up at 2 a.m.? I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to bed right now. Right, exactly. You're like, can I or do I want to? Those are Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to start to give people kind of a, a overall big picture of who you are before we start getting into what's it like to be outspoken and visible yeah. like we are. So I know from doing the reading that you are from Kansas, so Midwest yeah. right there. Can you tell us... <laughs> What was your coming out like? I mean, you're a lot younger than I am, so I know it's changed through the years. But what was like coming out like for you? Yeah, so my coming out is, uh, I guess, later in life for where I currently am, uh, almost 30 years old. I've only been out for about five years. When I was 24, I came out to my parents. That's How did that go? It was really good. And... Looking back, I mean, I have, I feel like, all the same thoughts of a lot of people, but I feel fortunate enough that coming out to them was a very easy process. Um, I come from a very religious background, being very Catholic. I still consider myself a Catholic, um, but there was always that kind of gradient in the back of my mind of, oh boy, it, it, how is this going to go? Because my family is very religious. And, and thankfully, when I talked to them, they were like, you know what, we're, we're cafeteria Catholics. <laughs> we pick <laughs> and choose what we want to believe. And that's, yeah. that's something that's not bothersome. And so they have embraced it. They've embraced my husband. They were a huge part of my wedding. And I, I mean, I, it, was, it was so nice and I felt so relieved. And I, I know a lot of people maybe confide in their their best friend and tell them first. And, and for me, my mom and dad were my best friend. And I was like, they wow. are the people who need to know first. Yeah, and that's amazing. And also, I love hearing more and more of those stories. Now, of course, there's still people out there that have struggles, but I want to see this side too. That's the beautiful side of being positive and putting that story out there. It's, yeah. And to not sound political, but it almost normalizes it for a lot of people. And we need it to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and that was one thing, even when I came out to my mom, she she was the one I was most worried about. I was like, ah, oh, my dad could probably care less. Right. Uh, but one thing that really stuck out to me is she said, you know, I, I don't care who you love. I want you to be happy. And I hope that one day nobody has to come out because it's kind of a silly thing yeah. that society kind of makes us do. And I kind of, you know, that puts up on uh, one of the things I wrote down in my notes was I wanted to talk about. Uh, especially nowadays, what is it like to have labels? Like it, it must, mm -hmm. the fact that we have to be outspoken, the fact that we have to be visible um, yeah. can sometimes, you know, sometimes you just want to spend the day with your dog and your husband. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and so what is it like to wear the label so brightly, like a name tag? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, when I was kind of in my coming out process, I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to be, one of those gay people who has all the flags all the time. And right. I feel like I've kind of quickly <laughs> become that in a way, uh, but not intentionally. I, I think that I felt like I was hiding for so long. I'm like, I'm finally going to be able to, to live my life authentically. I'm going to say that I love listening to Britney Spears yes. and yes. <laughs> I'm going to be proud about it. Yeah. 
Did you get the, speaking of, I'm going to go on a tangent. Did you yeah. get the Spotify wrapped up? Did you? Yeah. That's I did. Every year, I'm like, this is how you're going to know how your gay card is doing when it <laughs> sends you that. And I have to say, mine might be old school, but number one was Cindy Lauper. And I'm like, okay, I'm solidly gay. Good. Good. I know. Well, with mine being Britney Spears, I'm always like, throughout the year, I think about, I'm like, have I listened to her enough to make sure that she's on my chart at the end of the year? Exactly. Because we have to do our divas proud. We have to. Yes, Yes, we do. So (laughs) tell me about, so it's amazing. So you have the family and they're on your side and they're supportive of you. Do you think, how was the Midwest part? How was the Kansas part, the people around you? Yeah, I, I mean... I feel like growing up in Kansas, um, I was very, uh, my family politically just very kind of middle of the road, don't, don't really yeah. care about the politics. Um, we're kind of thankful for that because I never felt even around people that there was a sense of negativity on me personally. Yeah. Of course, in school, like fifth or sixth grade or so started to get the question of, are you gay? And at the time, not really knowing what that was other than RuPaul was gay and I saw him on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And (laughs) that was about the extent. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I think that every child is just let them find their way. You know, that's the dream. But I have to say, so do you, so I was having this conversation with on the other show that I do, the, the mental health show, we were talking about how what's so great is, and what's so horrible is trauma mm. actually affects your DNA. It affects, it yeah. gets so deep. But what's so beautiful is there are people that have better experience. And I think, I would think that lends to your light that you have when, when people, at least what we see on Instagram, mm. or you know, what we, what you show the world. Yeah. You, has that always been a part of who you are? And if not, when did that start coming into play? Honestly, I, I think that's always been a part of me. I have always tried, and, and I base that a lot of, off of my parents raising me and my siblings as, look at the bright side. You are the determining factor of, are you going to have a good day or are you going to have a bad day? Bad things are going to be thrown your way, but it's all about how you internalize and reflect that back out. So from a very young age, in school I was very quiet, but I I still was a, a sense of positivity. And I remember people and other kids saying, you always got a smile on your face. What are you so happy about? And I, I just say, I, I'm trying to find the good and, and the light and everything. Everything's about perspective. I tell people, every, yes. they walk in the door wherever I am, and I can tell they're having a day. And I'm like, well, you have a choice right now. And your choice yes. is, do you, because you know how a day can just spiral. Just go to, mm-hmm. it can go to hell. And even those yeah. that try to be positive, it's a thing. But it is also a choice. And I think especially with people who find ourselves uh, maybe in a marginalized community, like being mm-hmm. part of the queer community, it, it is a choice on many a day. And if we already have that side of us that typically wants to be, you know, light and happy, mm-hmm. it's helpful. Now, I know that you have spent, you spent a lot of time in that Midwest area. I think Denver was one of the places. I have a lot yep. of family in Colorado. I love it there. Uh, Dallas, I think I read, was one yeah. of the places. Yeah, which is, I love it. I lived in Tulsa and would go to Dallas to buy clothes because they had the greatest shopping cart. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. And then you take this, you know, left turn and you end yep. up in Portland. Can you tell me how that, that turn took? 
What, what? Yeah. So, I mean, from I lived in Kansas all the way till I was about 13 or so. My dad's job moved us to Dallas, lived there for four years. Part of my middle school and beginning of my high school career was there. And then we shipped ourselves out to Denver again because of my dad's job. I finished out high school there, went to college, and absolutely loved Denver. I kind of consider that my home. I feel like that's where I grew up and became myself. And then I had the crazy idea to go into broadcast communications as a meteorologist, and then that just takes you everywhere. I lived in Quincy, Illinois, itty-bitty town just north of St. Louis for like a year and a half. And I always – I'd never been to Oregon or, or the Pacific Northwest. The farthest west I had been was Colorado. And I always saw Oregon as, hey, you know, I love the outdoors. I hear they're kind of kooky out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd love to kind of check it out. And a job opportunity opened up, and I've now called Oregon home for over four years. Which is amazing. And you've been at your – did I read – has it been about a year since you've yes, been – Yes, just about a year. Yeah. In Portland. Which is crazy. So Portland got this really cool guy to start giving them the weather. Yeah. Uh, someone to keep it weird, as Portland likes to do. And so is that where you ran into you and met your husband? Or where did the husband come along the way? Yeah, so the, the husband happened because of the pandemic. So we say that was the one good thing that came out of all this. <laughs> uh, that I, I was living in Eugene at the time as the chief meteorologist down there. And he was actually living in New York City doing drag full-time out there. In New York, wow. In New York, yeah. Uh, he was doing it out there for, I think, two to three years, uh, drag. And he was actually coming back home because his mom, dad, and grandparents all live in Albany, Oregon. And so he was here for about a week before they were going to fly to Mexico. And then the pandemic hit, and then he was stuck. And he came up on my Tinder, and he swiped incorrectly. (laughs) Um, So I had to get my journalistic background into play and find him on Instagram and just shot him a message and was like, hey, (laughs) I think you're really cute. Uh, You want to go on a hike? We can stay six feet apart. And he said yes, and we've been inseparable ever since. That's all, no, did he know that he accidentally hit the wrong – he had a twitch in his finger on Tinder? <laughs> no, he, he knows that he – he says he swiped correctly because I was wearing a turtleneck. Oh. And he said, <laughs> no artsy people. <laughs> He's been there, done that. So, That's, uh, And yet yeah, he's not a professional artsy. That's different. I know, I know. Well, and I joked with him before the wedding. I was like, just because you swiped because I was wearing a turtleneck, I'm going to wear a turtleneck at the wedding. I didn't end up doing that, but still bring it up. <laughs> and one of the things I love that you're very, uh, on your social media, you're very open about your life. Uh, yes. As open as media, we think we know people, obviously, but you are still very open. You share with us your relationship. You share with us your sense of humor. We even get to see behind the scenes at your work. And I think that's amazing. Has that just been a natural decision? Or did you have to kind of decide whether you were going to be that open? Um, I I don't think it was a a definitive decision where I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to share. Um, I've always been addicted to social media, I think, like a lot of us. And I use social media a lot for... um, my own photo archive 
Yep. Especially Facebook. I'm like, I'm just going to throw this up there, not for people to like it, but right. just in case I have a hard drive go down, I can pull stuff. But yeah. uh, I, I definitely now, and especially moving up in market size uh, in, in television in Portland, more eyes are on me. I definitely will take a moment to think, okay, how is this going to be received? Right. Um, I, I still want to live openly. I want to show my authentic life and why – why do I have to hide something that's so normal for so many exactly. straight couples? Uh, I, I shouldn't have to tailor myself to that. And surprisingly, because I was very cautious in the beginning about sharing that, right? that it was very positive. I, I very rarely get a negative uh, feedback. Which is amazing. And just ignore the negative anyways. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a troll out there. Oh, yeah. um, so do you get when you're out with your husband or maybe you're at, out at I know you like the drag brunches and I'm sure you watch oh. your husband perform a lot. Uh, yeah. Do you ever get like recognized when you're out there? And what's that like? Yeah. Uh, so that really and, and I guess I, I talk a little bit about my own mental health struggles and all that because uh, that kind of plays hand in hand when I was first kind of figuring out who I was in Quincy, Illinois, as a gay individual, um, being recognized, I I felt like I couldn't figure out who I was because everyone was recognizing me. And uh, so uh, I I take Zoloft for anxiety, mainly because of social anxiety, because of, I I kind of feel like as a person, I'm kind of shy in, in the grand spectrum. And so that was different. From me because I would have people more so in the smaller towns than I do now, but I would have people come up and put their hands on my shoulders and like shake yeah. me and say, it's Josh Kozar from the weather. And that was very um, abrasive and abrupt for me. Yeah. And I thankfully with a, a lot of talking with my husband, my family, uh, Zoloft itself, I, I still kind of have that in the background of my mind of, okay, Somebody's definitely staring at me at the grocery store. Yeah. How how are they going to go about approaching me? And yeah. overall, it's been a very positive experience. My husband now at the brunches, the drag brunches, just points me out. If, if the weather's <laughs> bad, I'm the person to blame. Yes. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, I wrote down what's so fascinating is for years, uh, for probably about 20 years, the gays were blamed for yeah. this tragic weather and I decided in my uh, – the story I made up about you was that you decided your way to combat that was to go be a weatherman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's like fighting crime almost, yes, right? Exactly. Exactly. Do you – I find it fascinating because uh, I have known some wonderful people who have worked in the weather. Um, yeah. But there is this – almost this cultural – the jokes. You must hear the jokes. And – and how do you take that? Is you is that like you let it slide up, or what's that like? Because there's a lot of people who, who, uh, and I love that they still blame, but it's not because you're gay; they're going to blame you because you're the weather guy that told us. You know what I mean? What's that? Yeah. Like? yeah. Uh, I the biggest one that I always get is people tell me that, oh man, I wish I could be paid to be wrong all the time. Oh. And I, I mean, in, in all seriousness, though. Meteorology, even in the past 10 years, we are about 95 to 97% correct. It's just that one single event that people pinpoint out. So I try to break it down as that. (laughs) Otherwise, I just kind of, oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. just kind (laughs) of fluff it off. 
Also, I just, it makes me think of Mean Girls, which was such a great, you know, <laughs> she was so good at it, but it was such a bad representation of it, the weather professionals that are out there. Yes. You know, I, I play along with the jokes. It really doesn't bother me. I, I think it kind of comes with the, with the gig and, yeah. I, you know, I, I try to lean into it and I don't know, maybe that's my positive outlook <laughs> against trying to show. We will take the positive outlook. Now, what has it been like? I mean, you seem to be at a station that really supports mm. you. They support, uh, like, you hosted your own special about Pride in Portland. Um, yeah. I love that they're so supportive. Is that is that something that's kind of like maybe a new normal that we're seeing? Or are you just lucky because of where you're at in Portland? Yeah, I, I think that it is hopefully going to become a new normal. For people across the country, I, I definitely think that we're privileged living in the Pacific Northwest that it, it is so open and rallied around. Um, but I, I, I feel like I, I hit the luck of the draw, especially with coin here in Portland, because every day I walk into the station, we have this giant art piece that's the pride flag of a thousand little colorful cranes. And we are known in town as the Pride Station. We talk about Pride stories 365 days a year, and that's our Beyond Pride segment. And so to walk in, and in the front door, the first thing I see in our office is that Pride flag every day. Uh, it definitely is very touching. It's actually amazing. I wish, like, I we're in eastern Washington uh, yeah. So we tend to be a lot more conservative leaning mm -hmm. as you get closer to Idaho um, yeah. or that place that we dare not speak its name. That's what I call it. Um, but it's because and I honestly wish that was a segment and an, what a beautiful thing that would be in all to have that everywhere. But yes, you, I have to say thank you because you mentioned earlier you touched on mental health, which I love mm -hmm. taking stigma because yeah. Come on, 2023, almost 2024, we need to get over it. We should yeah. have taken mental health seriously a long time ago. So I love that you were so open about that. You were so open about, you know, anxiety. I find that yeah. people who are drawn to media, people who are drawn to get out there, you know, and be positive voices tend to be a lot of anxiety, just kind of in there. And it's almost yeah. like, I think, our way of trying to balance, to balance our scales Mm -hmm. um, what, how has that affected you as having an anxiety disorder, having an anxiety issue? How has that affected the way you get in front of the camera or the way that you step outside the door? Yeah, I, I think, thankfully, mine wasn't so much the on-camera thing. That didn't bother me. I, it was more of meeting deadlines because in television, I mean, I would step foot in the door and you hit the ground running trying to contact yeah. people. And I'm such a perfectionist that I wanted everything to be exactly how I wanted it. And so that really kind of played into it. And so now I, I take an approach of just do the best you can. It yeah. doesn't have to be perfect. As long as you put in the hard work and your product shows of it, then that's a yeah. successful day. Well, it's obviously showing, in my opinion, uh, by what you do. How do you make – so your career tends to be a career that takes a lot of time – takes yeah. a lot of investment. How do you make time to to do the the fun social extras? How do you make time to make sure your family gets the time they need? You know what I mean? Yeah, How do yeah you no, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a giant juggle. Um, 
being married and now living with my husband in our apartment here, I try to say, you know, when I come home, the time is his. So everything needs to be fit into the workday. And thankfully, with all my crazy social media videos and everything, my work loves that. So that's part of my my workflow. I, I've gotten it down to about a 30-minute science where I can nice. write, shoot, and edit everything in 30 minutes wow. and am <laughs> able to fit that into to my daily schedule. Well, and you're also not doing uh, non-quality work because the stuff – like. Your video you did uh, based on the video of the movie Twister. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not simple editing by any means. No, <laughs> no. And, and I do have to say it, it's a lot of experience with editing. I've been doing that since I was in middle school. I took a TV editing production class. Mm-hmm. I remember like the seventh grade. So I've been doing it since then. And I, I've definitely gotten a workflow where I can – fly through it. But it's funny because a lot of people here in town, sometimes they don't notice me because of TV, but they notice me because of social media. And they're like, well, you know, your news team, you got a big team behind you producing oh. those Instagram videos. I'm like, nope, just me, me, myself yep. and I. <laughs> yeah. I'm just having a good time at work. That's what I'm Yep. <laughs> so I had mentioned in your intro, the importance of visibility Um, And as you, and I'm sure you strike me as a person, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that this is just part of who you are. So the visibility is a great, it is important, but this is just the person that you are. But can you speak to why would you think it's important for more of us that are up in front of people to Mm -hmm. make sure that we are visibly queer? You know what I mean? Yeah, you you hit it perfectly. Uh, I just chose to live my life exactly how... I am. And it didn't dawn on me until I would get messages on social media saying, thank you for being a representative for us. And it kind of took me back and I was like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm being myself. I didn't realize that that was so impactful for somebody. And then looking back, I remember thinking as a kid, I, RuPaul was the only individual in the media that I knew was gay. And or any LGBTQ right. plus. And I, I love that Netflix and all the streaming services, they are representing us. And I think that in every nook and cranny of any industry needs to have that representation because we're everywhere and we're not seen as one type of uh, – because that was even my my biases and my preconceived idea of what gay was. I was like, well, I don't fit – that mold that society creates. And so being able to meet people in TV specifically, because there are a lot of LGBTQ plus people, I saw there are several different types and I'm going to be my type. And I think that us showing our individuality really kind of helps open that up for a lot of people. And I think that's amazing. Uh, Just that whole fact of the, if we look literally at the rainbow, flag that's Mm -hmm. what's nice and i think what's nice now is seeing more people be visible is we're able especially for these kids because when i was a kid the hard part was i didn't see myself you know the only version was what i call hollywood gay was the only version and now we're getting more and more varied of what we can do and i but i have to say i think the reason i have such an affinity for uh, people in the weather profession is because Mm -hmm. the very first person when I was in my teen years that I ever knew 
was on TV and gay was a weatherman out of Seattle. And yeah. I remember how empowering that was for me as just a kid in the middle of Washington at that time mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, crap, like we do exist. And this guy's brave enough to exist out loud, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is more and more important. Now, as you are more just who you are and you're just living your life openly, do you find um, that the Portland, that doing the pride and all of that, they want you to take more of a, a role then? Because yeah, no, I I definitely see that. And I'm very appreciative, again, of my station of coming to me and saying, hey, do you want to be the host of our our Pride special? And I've emceed some events for um, the Rose Court here, which is a charitable event, the longest running one in the country. And so I I tried to be a beacon, if if someone will have me, to, to be a voice and I, that's where my true love and passion is, is being able to be out with the community. Right, right. And you are good. I mean, even in your bio, you talk about the importance that you, of being an advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot now with your anxiety, because I totally understand yeah. that aspect. Because yeah. I used to get such stage fright and people would laugh at me because they're like, you no, yeah. you don't get No, like there's a switch we flip when we're in this business that you Mm -hmm. can flip it because you want to do that, the best job you can do on that stage. And then when that's time to turn that flip, flip that switch off, it's time. And so I need everybody to just stay away from the curtain and do that. But it's a, you know, you were saying just about 30 now. It's It's a great time and space to start recognizing what we need. Is your mm-hmm. husband a real helpful gauge, you know, at, you know, so you can lean on each other? Absolutely. And I, I think it's kind of funny that he does the perform, performative art too, just in a different way. And he understands, like you mentioned, that switch. I, I can talk on camera all day long. It doesn't bother me. Right. If I have to go out in front of a crowd and see the faces and the interactions – that's where I get a little nervous, whereas he's right. great at that. Yeah. And so I feel like we can bounce those ideas off of each other of, okay, be honest with me. How should I go about this? What could, can I improve upon? And both of us, our favorite thing to do is just to sit at home and watch TV, right. make a dinner in the house. And, and I think that's because we put so much of our energy yeah. out doing that and flipping that switch drains a lot of the power within us. And, and so when we have our off time, we're very reserved, very just laid right. back. And I think uh, balance is the most important thing we can find, yeah. especially there's an ownership that happens when you are in front of people. Like you are in front of way more people than I'm in front of, but I know a little bit of what that must be like yeah. because there's there's an ownership and it's beautiful. It means they they love you, but they want you to be this you know, there's a pedestal that comes with yes. it. So if you don't find a way to balance it, to have the people around you that mm-hmm. keep you in the realness of life and love and beauty, uh, mm-hmm. it helps a lot. And I'm curious about you. In two different rounds, you you both are performers. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just, they're slightly different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So is that helpful or is it challenging at times having two performers in the house or... <laughs> Thankfully, I, I think that there is uh, 
a big enough difference, whereas I, I've learned a lot about drag, but I don't know, know drag. Right. Um, I can't do it myself. So that's his wheelhouse. Yeah. And vice versa. He has learned about leather because I can't stop talking about it, but right. He, right. he doesn't have the realm to chime in. So I, I think we balance each other out that way so, so well that it, it really is not not an issue. But when we have struggles with certain things, we can yeah. both step into each other's shoes and say, right. I can see how that is. I would not want to step into uh, his shoes when he's doing drag. That would hurt so much. I have <laughs> to say, I do want to make sure we give a shout out uh, to your husband and to yes. the drag persona that, listen, you can tell has been put the work in. Yeah. And so can you tell our listeners what your, how your husband performs? What is his drag persona? Yes. So my husband is Cole Cozart, uh, but in the heels, in the wig, it's Nicolanoscopy. I love the name with all of my heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his running joke, which it cracks me up every time when he says his name or she says her name at any brunch and people chuckle, she goes, I thought you looked familiar from behind. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that. that's the yeah. goal. She, he, in whatever persona yeah. they are at that moment, uh, there must be, I'm guessing, pretty popular in, in Portland. Yes, not to to, <laughs> to our own horn, but she's kind of the premier Portland, Portland queen. She is a live singing drag queen, so she has oh. a live singing uh, with a pianist every Friday night and does brunches and does lip syncing, but now, I mean, pretty much is just up on stage and opening for people like Juno Birch. Oh, um, who I love. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I just get to ride the coat, uh, <laughs> the, the heels of her and just, oh, I get to meet all these incredible people. And Jinx Monsoon has performed at her oh. events. And so it, it's really cool to just see all the doors that she has opened herself and, uh, very happy to, to follow along with her. I always say my, the most exciting thing for me about being in a relationship is the opportunity to be the cheerleader for each other. Yes. Like, you know, you both have your realms that you're really good at and you get to support each other in those realms. It also keeps yeah. us, you know, keeps us grounded. And something else that keeps us grounded is you happen to have the cutest dog. Maybe, <laughs> well, my dog might uh, run for the money, but I that. love... So how important are, are animals to the family? Uh, they are our children. Uh, down the road, we want real human children. But right. for right, right now, uh, he is our fur baby. And I would grab him, but we actually just got back in town from Denver. And uh, he is with his uh, aunts and grandma and grandpa. Oh. So, I, yeah. Yeah. And he uh, he definitely, for both of us, is is a big part of our life. Cole grew up with four-legged babies all his life, same here. So, uh, yeah, we love our dogs. I tell everybody, uh, especially with it, it helps just because it makes us smile more, helps our mental health. They are the greatest animals ever. Yeah, yeah. So I love And they know when we're down. They know how to bring us back up. They know exactly. They mm -hmm. tune into those, you know, our emotions, you know, yeah. right there. So tell so if you could say to our listeners, we have, they run the gamut. But um, I always love to encourage. So let's say they're in a town like ours, which honestly, we have a lot to be thankful for in Spokane, second largest city in Washington. But we do tend to get 
a little conservative at times. So let's say people are wanting to do, you know, be in media, are wanting to do these Mm -hmm. things, but they feel kind of shy and pulled back. What would you say to them? I would say don't listen to the people who are negative. That's white noise. They're trying to get a reaction out of you. If you just live your life authentically, I mean, that stuff just kind of rolls off your back when you say, it's just, it's me. You don't know me as an individual, so why is what you're saying have any weight at all? If anything, I always try to keep in mind if someone says something hateful or mean or degrading that they're having some sort of traumatic thing in their life that they're trying to compensate for. So I'm going to feel sorry for you. And I feel like when you react with the negativity that way, they look internally and think, well, you know, maybe, maybe what I am saying isn't, isn't quite necessary. I always, I, I have said many times to people that I feel like the, the argument you want to have with me is actually one that you're having with yourself. And so mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and remove myself because yeah. I don't, I don't need to be here for it. Um, I have to say, uh, I hope that your Instagram just continues to grow because the positivity you. in it is, is what I just am drawn to your humor. I, I'm a, I'm just a sucker for a good sense of humor and the videos. And I, whether you realize it or not, I think it does so much more than you know for people who follow you. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's, I say you can, I was telling my friend the other day, I think you hold all your positivity in your hair. That's where it is. That's why. Don't, don't look at it. (laughs) But I love it. And we need more people to, uh, to be loud and proud and positive but I also think a lesson we all can take from this is you've learned how to balance your life because it can take you down if you haven't learned the importance of, like you were saying, yeah. you know, I think because you have that foundation, you're able to say, that's not mm-hmm. about me. You know, this negativity has not followed me here. What is it that you hope, what big goal do you have for your career? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I mean, right now, I thought that, being a meteorologist in Portland, Oregon, or any major city was going to be something I couldn't achieve until I was 45, 50 years old. And now that I'm in it, I every day wake up and pinch myself and say, oh my gosh, this this is what I've won in my entire life. I've wanted to be a weatherman since I was in like sixth grade. Wow. So I, I just pinch myself every day. And I hope that this continues to move forward in in this direction whether that be in the up on the today show that that would be fun yes um so i i don't know i i feel like everything has just come together and i'm taking every day as an incredible dream come true i say i vote that the today show that's a beautiful thing to say out loud we vote for this i think (laughs) that's amazing for you we need think, your energy. We need you on a, on a broader pr- platform, to be honest. Yeah. So, now I'm going to ask you a silly type question, but okay. I want to know, what is your favorite type of weather? My That's favorite funny. type of weather? Yeah. It is uh, <laughs> the Midwest hail, tornadoes, oh, uh, yeah. the, the craziest of weather to really show the force of Mother Nature that is my 
I, I get goosebumps when I, I see that sort of stuff. So you, that's my you, favorite. You were in Kansas, and it is no yeah. stranger down there. One of the things I love telling people, because in Tulsa we would get them. Yeah. We had a tree get thrown through a window, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is also fascinating is no one knows. The sky turns purple. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. It's like things start getting, they're very specific. But anytime I'd see the sky turn purple, I knew a tornado is is heading our way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't think about it. Yeah. Is that what mesmerizes you about weather? What what details mesmerize you? Yeah. So it started off as a, a fear for me as a kid. I was terrified of thunderstorms. And I remember going to my parents' room as a kid and just deathly afraid. And I was in Boy Scouts. I was at a camping trip and had to sleep in a tent in a really bad thunderstorm. And that's kind of when the light switch went off where I was like, I'm not fearful of this, but I'm curious as to why this is happening. Yeah. And from, from that moment on, I was like, all right, I want to be that voice of helping some scared kid at home know exactly what's coming our way and that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be scary. I, that's absolutely, I love that very much because growing up, I've, Colorado has my favorite thunderstorms because they shake mm. your house. But I was like, I was terrified, but I loved it. I would go in uh, my grandma's front porch, and you'd just stay there because she had a tin roof on it. You'd oh, hear, yeah. You'd hear it. You'd hear it all. And one of the things that I think people don't realize is, hello, we need to give much more respect to our weather professionals because it's not like they just woke up, never went to school, and just showed yeah. up on a TV. Like, you guys have to know your stuff. There's science involved, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spend the first full hour of, of my day looking through hardcore data and figuring out what I think is going to happen. And then I just kind of reel it in for everybody to say, all right, this is the the easy, clear-cut way of explaining what's happening. But to get there, it took a lot of work. No doubt. So give me, as we wind down this, uh, this yeah. episode, give me something that maybe we don't know about your profession that's kind of a fun fact. Yeah, fun fact is it is not as glamorous as everyone thinks. Uh, we all walk in, we do our own makeup, we do our own hair. Uh, it is not glamorous at all. It's a lot of just sitting around and waiting for the cameras to turn on is a lot of it. And I, I know that's not very fun and exciting because it it really isn't, but it, it opens up a lot of doors and and we we have fun behind the scenes. I eat snacks behind the scenes, all that. Nice. I have to say, I I'm sad to hear. It's like theater. It sounds like you have to do yeah. all your own all your own stuff there. Do you have to wear the like the old '80s movies when news anchors were on? Wear the tissues around your collar when you do your makeup so it doesn't get on everything. Um, oddly enough, I I'm one of the youngest people at the station, and I think I'm the only individual that I've seen do that. But yes, I, I will put the tissues. Yep. All around. And, and when we run out, I'm like, I got to go find our office manager. I need to have those tissues so I can stuff them in. <laughs> this is what I have to say. I think that's the gay in us. You know, we know. I think so. I'm like, the color's got to be sharp. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for doing this show. Uh, as I said earlier, with us going on a brief break, so to save our mental health, uh, yeah. this is the best way to take a break. I love your positivity. And well, thank I hope that we can stay in touch and have you back on because it's a good please, shot in the arm. Please do. I, I I will be happy to to jump on at any chance I get. This has been a wonderful, wonderful chat. 
Thank you. And we will work in your schedule. I love the, I love busy people because I'm busy. So it never bothers me to have to work. It just means it's going to be that much better. So please, your husband does not know us, but please share our love and support. I will. As well. Um, and you're amazing. So remember, everybody, there is always a story out there that can uplift you if you look for it. Uh, you can do media and not have to get bogged down in some negative that's out there. doesn't mean you don't have to be. It happens. We all know it happens. But I hope that you continue to watch us every Tuesday. You can catch our show at thequeercentric.com and continue to find people in media, which is what I try to do, that inspire and uplift and just do their life in a way that makes us seem like, I mean, we're all crazy, but a little less, a little less crazy for everyone. So, Josh, thank you so much. Have a beautiful evening. And we'll see y'all next Tuesday. One, two, three.